Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they, they finally got a win. Uh, we, we, we finally beat the Chicago Bulls. And uh, as you already know by now, that doesn't mean a whole lot for the lottery odds. But you know what? It's a bit of a feel-good win. Jetty Osman is playing absolutely fantastic right now. Um, some good signs from Colin Sexton. And to talk about it is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? Double digits, clap, 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 clap. How about it? Um, it was a game that, uh, you know, after the Cavs got embarrassed at home against the Bulls, it was only fair that the Bulls embarrassed themselves at home against the Cavaliers. Um, dang, Adele's season is lit. Um, he actually was actually pretty fun in this game. Jetty's been playing. Jetty's been playing uh, quite well, um, even though this wasn't his most efficient game in the field. It was a fun one. Um, uh, nothing much more to say about it, like at the, you know, on an individual level than that. You know, it's just kind of like, like you know, when the Cavs have matchups against uh, teams where they kind of have a chance to actually win, which is rare. <laughs> um, it just is so disheartening when they just get wrecked. Yeah. Um, it, so it like, it's just such a pleasant surprise when they play well. So. Um, I mean, right now we're averaging a win a month. And the last time we beat a playoff team, actually it was two playoff teams back-to-back. We beat uh, Philadelphia and Houston on, on back-to-back nights. That was a fun stretch. Since, since uh, then. And I like, and well yeah. done uh, with the shade. You're, you're in the middle of throwing. <laughs> yeah, since then we, we've only beat uh, these lottery teams like the Lakers and the Bulls. But uh, yeah, it's still good to, uh, still good to go out and get a win there. Well, we're going to have to get our Lakers shade off while we can. <laughs> hey, first of all, I actually, I want to get your take on this because obviously what Carter is alluding to is the news that Anthony Davis wants out, which isn't really surprising given just the shit show that's been the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if LeBron forces Davis to go to the Lakers and, and they build a super team, I don't feel like I'm wrong here. Like, my whole thing has been LeBron didn't go to L.A. because of the young guys. He doesn't believe in these guys. And no. it's, uh, it's because they're a blank slate. And, I mean, now you have people like Brian Windhorst that's speculating, oh, it'll be A.D., LeBron, and Kyrie uh, in the Laker, with the Lakers. And it would be funny to see a, uh, Anthony Davis parked in the corner. And it would also be great for all the Lakers fans that said, no, 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 we're going to teach LeBron how to play and how to win uh, for them to just go with, okay, Kyrie and LeBron are initiating offense. We're, we're just going to take what Cleveland had. I don't support uh, Los An- or Kyrie LeBron fan fiction out of Brian Winhorst. <laughs> I think it's a little the, hurtful. It's a little I hurtful. I think it's the wrong tack to take. Um, also, it's just weird, like, would anyone be doing that if he didn't say like six nice things about LeBron and a clear PR stunt like a week <laughs> ago? I don't know. Um, 
it's uh i mean it does feel a little predetermined that uh that davis is going to be in la um feels like one of those things where the machinations have kind of forced that but you know i think i think you said on our discord chat like hey paul george tried to pull the same move and uh and he was very explicit about what he wanted to do uh and what he didn't want to do which was re-sign with anyone but the lakers and you know, a, a team like the Thunder took that chance, and uh, it's going to pay off for them. Uh, the Raptors weren't on Kawhi's list. I think that was a right move. Uh, I, I can't think of a, an instance where a team that's in possession of a star that wants out has taken less in order to send them to a team that they want to go to. Like, well, I it, what tends to happen, it seems, is just like a you know, like a, another team will come in and offer them something they want. You know, like. Uh, you know, as much as you might have not liked the Paul George return at the time, you know, they clearly were big fans of Oladipo. They turned out to be right in that. Yeah, and they, that's what they, they wanted they, to do. They weren't going to just take a, a Lakers poo-poo platter. Um, you know, I do think, I think this is something we've criticized the Lakers for in the past couple of years is, which is just like waiting for the league to come to them. And, you know, there, there are, as much as we like to pretend that, you know, LeBron, and a few agents control everything that happens in the league. And, yeah, I guess not even pretend. A lot of that is true. Right. But there is randomness here. There is um, – it's a little bit more complicated than people like to pretend it is, you know. Uh, the Lakers – you know, maybe, maybe Paul George ends up a Laker if Magic Johnson, Johnson doesn't shit all over D'Angelo Russell on the way out, who he shares <laughs> an agent with, you know? like. Right. All this and stuff, kind of, yeah. Nothing, yeah. Nothing happens in a vacuum, and every there's a lot of butterfly effect stuff that happens around this league. Um, so, as much as we like to kind of credit these master chess players, even the best chess player would tell you you still have to, you know, make your you still have to react to some extent to what what your opponent is doing, and right. uh, you know, LeBron, uh, Palinka. Uh, the rich climates of the world they they do, they can only control so much so i am interested to see if uh if Brouge ends up in the, with the lakers like we all kind of expect or if someone comes in with a godfather offer out of nowhere and and gets this done i will say it's hard to find a very good taker um that isn't either the lakers celtics or knicks mm-hmm. uh that makes a lot of sense I know you like the. I know you like the Sixers. Uh, I know you're on team. You'd trade Embiid, Hell but yeah. it just it just doesn't feel worth it to me. They're they're not going to. I mean, that's that's me playing two K GM there, and I just don't it, like it, trades like that. Like, like you're not. I don't feel like you're significantly upgrading the team long term. Like maybe like by a few percent. It does feel like I, the I Raptors. Just, I, I it does feel like the Raptors need to do this, right? Yeah, the the Raptors need to do it. I, the the Embiid thing is just I don't believe that that guy is going to stay healthy. I think it's going to get really bleak in a hurry there and and head towards Odin territory. But you're right. Uh, Raptors should obviously get in on it. I think the Knicks offering Porzingis, Knox, and, and their first round pick is really that's too much. I, it probably is too much. But it, I mean, if that's where they're willing to go to, they're going to get Anthony Davis. Um, the the only thing I really care about is now, as you said, 
master chess players, they don't control everything. But at least Lakers fans are realizing who's at the fucking table now. I mean, they, they thought Magic and pulling purple and strings. No, it's LeBron. He's running this organization. He went to your team because it's a blank slate and it's in Hollywood. Anyways, that's, that's enough about that. We'll, we'll find out more as more information becomes available. But I really want to talk about Jetty. Well, well, I'll just say this, Justin. I'm glad that we got to be the first podcast to touch on the Anthony Davis news. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really... Uh, we we're had to tell everyone that it was an emergency, so we're, we're fucked. Yes, exactly. Uh, we're, we're ahead of the curve there. But yes, Jetty. Jetty in January has been a really encouraging. Um, it seems like the game slowed down a little bit to, for him. I was offended that the uh, that the league and, and the referees are not helping out his percentages by giving him calls at the rim. Uh, that's still frustrating the hell out of me. But when you look at his numbers overall for the month, 14 games in January, true shooting percentage of just shy of 59, uh, shooting 37% from three, 14 points per game. It just seems like the game is kind of slowing down for him. His, his shot from uh, long range is the form is more consistent than it's been in the past. They still give him the ball with two seconds left in the shot clock, a little more than I'd like. Um, but you know what? This is really encouraging for what will happen when he's put into a role that's kind of more suited for who he is as a player uh, rather than this high usage initiation role. But um, it, it's, it's really, really encouraging and one of the few bright spots that we've had in a while. Yeah, I think that the his kind of – He's kind of simplified what he's doing in a lot of ways, and I think that's probably best for where he is as a player right now. You know, he's not a point forward, a do-it-all, a passer, a shooter, a, a slasher, a driver. You know, that's just – he's not LeBron. And, you know, I, I, we've joked about sure. them running him in LeBron's <laughs> place in some sets from last year. Uh, but, you know, he's just really not that kind of player. And uh, what he has been able to do is – is just kind of get shots up in places where he's comfortable, whether they're threes or these kind of haberdash drives to the lane, um, not taking a ton of mid-rangers. Um, you know, I, I, it still feels like for him it's either the three is looking good and he looks good or the three looks bad and he does not look very good Yeah, um, more often than not. Um, but that's kind of the way he – that's how – role players play you know like for sure it's not there's there's no shame in that uh and it it really is looking good and he's really getting it off a lot a lot faster than he was earlier in the season it feels yeah yeah the 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 form's holding steady he's getting it off quicker um the the other thing too is obviously his back is healthy now i i think that had been a bit of an issue uh he's finishing more of kind of those wild um, attempts at the rim where he's doing the reverse layups and stuff like that. He, he seems to have better touch there. And he's also just not forcing shots as much. I'm, it, the Chicago game was a little different just because there were so many opportunities that he went to the rim, he absorbed contact, but they were just letting a lot go on both ends of the floor. Um, so he, he was clearly getting visibly we, frustrated. We, we call that, that uh, this ref does not want to work Cavs bulls. No, and, and, and that is absolutely fair. Did you ever uh, ump or referee for like youth sports? I did. I did. I, I remember I was. I never refereeing. did. And I always kind of regretted it. No, it. Uh, you said not to not have the experience. It makes you very aware of just how difficult it is. It's like, okay, well, that was a foul. And I'm just kind of watching it as a, what is a fan. I'm just standing there. 
I'm like, oh shit, yeah, I got to. Oh yeah, I got to call it. Yeah. Uh, did you ever kind of let some stuff go in the interest of speeding along a game? Yes. I, again, uh, it's yeah, grade seven basketball. I'm. Uh, I, I want to get the hell out of there. A parent ever curse you out? Um, not when this is one of my favorite only, only when I was coaching. I also got a round of applause for getting thrown out of a game as a coach. Oh, hell yeah. What, yeah. what did you do? How'd you get thrown out? Do you curse? Um, no. So it, the ref of the game was somebody that I had coached and was on my brother's so, uh, basketball team. And I had gotten a tee earlier because I jumped off the bench and I fist bumped because I got really into the game. And then I had done something similar. And because after I got the one tech, I was like, I could be the first, like, I think at that point I was coaching grade seven before I was coaching the the high school team. But um, I was like, I could be the first person in the school's history to be thrown out for coaching like a grade seven team. So why won't I do that? So I was just like hunting for it at that point. I was being excessive on the bench and eventually got thrown out. Wow. You've always been a goon. Surprise. (laughs) That is uh, that's an accurate statement. Yeah, I'm sorry to to take us off topic, but I'm uh you've never done that before. No, uh, no, I'm I'm just I'm I'm adrift at sea. I forgot it was Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I messaged you at I messaged you like at nine thirty PM and was like, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so he, here we are. Very sure. I did watch I did watch the Cavs game while I was in Orlando this weekend. So Yeah, I believe um, you name five of their players. <laughs> I'm telling you, this uh, this bit that I don't watch is just gonna hurt my feelings. <laughs> It'll make you stronger in the long run, though, and and that's the real important thing. I'm. Yeah, I'm well, by the way, what do you think of Dangadel? Actually, I think he's looked pretty good in his uh in his limited stints. He looks so much like Jeff Green from a distance because he wears Jeff Green's number. I was going to say the number. I find help. it very, I find it very jarring. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm kind of here for the Dangadel. I mean, now that Delhi's back and and healthy and you got jordan clarkson and colin sexton there there really wasn't a huge need uh for campaign there um i i I didn't hate campaign i I was kind of with it but he is what he is uh dangadel kind of excites me especially when he's shooting as well as he is right now um but he's an athlete i can see the defensive upside and well, we thought Blossom game was going to be our Alonzo G. I'm, I'm starting to move the Alonzo G potential over to Dangadel. Well, the thing that I kind of like about the way the Cavs have utilized the two-way spot this year uh, and, and on these short contracts, or, yeah, it's, I guess it's the 10 days, not the two ways. Sorry. Um, but I like the way they've been doing the 10 days because it is easy to, you know, Hey, Blossom game played okay for us uh, for a couple of weeks. So why not just extend them for the full year? We need we have the roster spot, and that's a really easy decision to make. And you know, no one would have blamed them for it. Blossom game probably would have given them marginal minutes the rest of the year, and it would have been fine. But uh, that's not what bad teams need to be doing. Bad teams need to be a diamond in the rough hunting, um, right. and that means kind of consistently cycling guys in and out, seeing who who kind of pops, um, giving them the opportunities. And they've kind of been doing that. I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit more Dangadel um, in the next uh, couple games just as they kind of figure out what he can do. Plus, I mean, they're so wing deficient still uh, with right. Nuaba out. Um, yeah, so I, I, I've actually quite enjoyed watching him play. He's, uh, 
It's just nice seeing an actual small forward on the team that's not Jetty. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> Poor Jetty. I mean, did you see the graph that was showing, like, last year he was guarding primarily twos and threes, and then this year <laughs> they have him guarding one through five. Like, he's spending at least, like, 8% of his time guarding the ones and, and has spent a decent amount of time on fives. Yeah, I but, can't believe he hasn't look good on defense. He's got nine <laughs> different kinds of uh, assignments to play. Yeah, I think in a perfect world, you get him back to guarding twos and, and threes. I, I think that's probably a little more his speed. But yeah, I mean, talk about him. like the guy who's like, you know, normally when we talk about these small forwards who can shift up to fours and how valuable they are, you're looking at the Wilson Chandlers of the, the, these burly dudes. <laughs> Not the guy, uh, the guy that's in his the second. The guy that gets blown, over by a stiff, <laughs> yeah, gets blown over by a stiff wind. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so so having actual honest to god wings on the floor always just looks nice for this Cavs team because they uh, they just don't have very many. Um, but yeah, would you say to I, Adele I, I mean, that uh, you've been looking to find someone like him? Um, I just I'm tired. Don't do this. <laughs> um, I I have a bit of a rant here. It's a very short rant, but. Go, go for it, dog. Uh, I've seen some commentary, and I mean, you were off enjoying yourself and, and doing the whole Disney thing. And uh, I was at Universal. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's same thing. Rides. You were enjoying yourself. Um, but there was a conversation that came up of what do these 10-day signings say about Colby Altman's team-building philosophy? Oh, what was that? Who's, who tweeted that? Let's, I, let's name names. I think it was Mike Young. I, I, Oh, I was, uh, I thought that was outrageous. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I saw that one. Yeah. You, it was, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Can you, can you uh, elaborate for the fine listeners? Basically, it was saying, okay, well, look at this Blossom game campaign. Like this, uh, dang it, Dell, Colby Holman doesn't believe in adding shooting to this team. And, and this is something that concerns me moving forward. And I'm like, first of all, they're 10 days. Second of all, they listed like Clarkson and Sexton who, Clarkson shot like 37% from three since joining the Cavs. Sexton's been up at 40%. And like, sure. Didn't mention Hood, who at least is like a good three-point shooter by reputation. Well, no, but mention Rose and like Crowder. And I mean, last year's moves at the deadline were to add shooting. That was so weird. It, it was to add That shooting. was a weird take. Yeah. And, and your 10-day like, sign. How many of these, yeah, how many of these decisions have even been Kobe Altman's to make? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the uh, LeBron era ones uh, kind of fall on uh, old LBJ there. But yeah, yeah, I and just old Dan, uh, man. Yeah, well, for sure. Uh, I don't know, man. It just felt like it, that's kind of the thing with a lot of G leaguers is that like they're either so profoundly unathletic they can't hang in the NBA, but they're really skilled, or they're really athletic but they're just not quite skilled enough. To, to make it or you know somewhere on that spectrum and you right. know when you're taking shots on these guys for the most part you kind of have to take shots on the the good athletes that you hope might grow into good basketball players so <laughs> like when you're bringing guys on these 10 days you want your dang adels you want your kobe simmons even blossom game i thought was a decent uh attempt. Oh, simmons yeah that that was the other one Ugh. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, they can't shoot. You you hope they learn to. I, it just feels like such an unnecessary nitpick. I, like, you know, I can't think of a team that needs nitpicked less than the Cavaliers. No, I, I think uh... – it's like, it's, like, uh, it's like someone 
who it's like going up to someone who's got a gunshot wound and saying, Hey man, you got a little uh, bit of jelly donut on your face. <laughs> and Dengadel, 75% three point shooter for his career. So how about that? Uh, damn. Yeah. Oh, there's three or four. No, I, I think um, that's a great question. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, three or four. Or no, 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 no. Um, oh, wait, no, I'm looking. Yeah, it's three or four. Anyways, yeah, it's a weird criticism. And I think uh, I think we're going to find out a lot about Kobe Altman's team-building philosophies this summer. Um, obviously, that's going to be dictated by where we're drafting and kind of what options are available. But uh, the other thing that I kind of wanted to make note of is with this Anthony Davis uh, news and how things are kind of factoring into the Cavs world here is that an active trade market is a really, really good thing for them. Because if the Knicks are looking at clear space or if there's teams that are looking for a third team to either take on salary or, or to provide expiring contracts, that's where the Cavs can come in handy. And we've we mentioned this a million times, but there, there just isn't a lot of sellers and there's not a lot of teams that are looking to facilitate. And, and the Cavs can kind of be soulless here and go, hey, we've got these expiring deals. We have a non-guarantee contract in J.R. Smith. Uh, we are able to help you do whatever you want if it means that you're going to give us assets. So I, I do think that this development is good, especially with the Knicks being involved, because I can see someone like Tim Hardway Jr. Uh, kind of ending up with the Cavs along with a pick in order to clear up some salary. Yeah, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I think there's that. But I, I'm also in my own way, just a little bit disappointed from the perspective of the Cavs had such a monopoly on being sellers at the market on the trade market heading into the deadline where you could kind of say, Hey, our wings ain't not ain't special, but they they're better than nothing. <laughs> um, you know, now you got the Grizzlies entering the fray. Now you got the Pelicans ideally ent- entering the fray. If they're yeah, going I to don't, operate I don't think intelligently. The Pelicans want hood anymore. I, I think you can take them out of the Yeah, suit. I think you can probably knock them off. the list. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it just kind of feels like, you know, the more the Grizz, like there's just teams that are, that are now looking to shed, um, you know, their, their ancillary players and any competition for the Cavs on the trade market is really not what you want to see just given how unappetizing most of their, uh, their assets are, you know, no one at this point is talking themselves into Rodney Hood as a potential savior. Uh, you, you're hoping that, you know, the Sixers were like, Oh, well we wanted some extra depth or something (laughs) like that. Um, so from that perspective, it's, it's a little difficult. I, how confident are you that the Cavs are going to make a trade you're going to like uh, before the deadline? I mean, I would say fairly confident because my bar is so low. Like, if Rodney Hood gets traded for, like, a second-round pick, I'm, I'm going to be pretty happy because I just don't want that guy on my team anymore. And I, I think there's a really high likelihood Rodney Hood gets moved. I had a mean-spirited Rodney Hood thought. Okay, It was like, if he got traded... If someone said to me, like, would I would I trade Rodney Hood for a ham sandwich? I probably would say yeah, because I don't really want him on the team anyway. And I and I love a good ham sandwich. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking, like, I I actually would do that deal. <laughs> like, unironically, <laughs> I thought you were going to get mean and say, well, if the Lakers trade their entire team for Anthony Davis, then. Uh... Rodney Hood could, uh, <laughs> yeah. they could well, get I, Hood for a second round pick. 
Hey, hey Justin, what do uh, Thon Maker, uh, Marquis Chris, and Lonzo Ball have in common? What's that? They all think they have some fucking control over their lives and they don't. <laughs> oh, Thon Maker's going to end up on this team. It's going to be so uh, I, I would be fine with that. I mean, it's not I'm, any I'm fine good. with it, but it's, it's you know, anyone who is expect capable. him to be title chasing at his age, not, not looking for playing. <laughs> The thing about Thon that's interesting is like he's been pretty good in in sparse playoff appearances. You know, like anyone who can show anything in the playoffs, uh, I, I'm always just a little bit more intrigued. Um, I mean, like any, of course, the cat Cavs would end up with a center here when all they need are wings. But you know, whatever, take a shot. Why not? We'll get we'll give him Henson back. <laughs> Oh man! Oh boy! You, you, how often do you forget John Henson's on the team? Because every time they Instagram story him, I'm stunned. I'm like, oh, what are you doing here, John? I like John Henson. He's a good. Player. I think I do too. I just I, I like his game, and not as much as you do. You thought he was an all star or some shit. I, know, but, I uh, never said that. Yeah, it's, he's having a breakout year at five and three a game. No, no, it is a real uh, an all star feature. What? Our sponsor. Our our wonderful, wonderful sponsor. Carter, do you want to tell the people about it? Uh, yeah. Uh, as you may know, uh, we here at the Chase Down Podcast are big fans of my pillow. Because whatever you're trying to do with your with your life, whether it's uh, jet setting to Orlando and back the the weekend you buy a house, or just uh, whatever the hell Justin does. Uh, it all starts with a good night's rest. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special, enter my promo code, COSY, and you'll get two premium my pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. I still haven't looked those up yet, Justin, but boy, do they sound great. I would have liked to go-anywhere pillow on the plane. Um, I got a neck pillow, but it doesn't quite do the job for me. A go-anywhere pillow would probably be better. It's amazing. What a difference a great pillow makes, Justin. If you go to MyPillow.com right now, click on their four-pack. Shipping is absolutely free. That's right. No shipping cost. Zippo. Zilch. Nada. That's my favorite part of the read. I don't know about you, Justin. No, it's a, it's a good part. It's, it's a fun part. to say. Uh, don't forget about their 60-day money-back guarantee uh, alongside that no shipping cost. There's nothing better than the gift of restorative sleep. Go to MyPillow.com. Click on the four-pack special and use my code cozy to get two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows mypillow.com or call 800-966-1472 and remember my promo code can be used for any offer on mypillow.com i'm sorry that's our promo code not, not my promo code again that's promo code cozy and justin even yes. though <laughs> never mind i'm not gonna do it <laughs> you're gonna have to cut that sorry no, I'm not cutting it. I'm just gonna launch into a full unsolicited pure at <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd be pretty great. I mean, sure, pure. We're not we're not uh they they've premiered now, they don't need yeah, us. They don't have to pay us for us to endorse it. No, that that was glorious content uh that they, they were providing and, and now you can cuddle up with your uh, go anywhere pillow and, and watch and watch pure. the Mennonite mob, baby. Yeah. Well you're I, yeah. Yeah, the Manitoba Mennonite mob. How about that? You don't mess. Hell with yeah, that. brother! Do you know how tough you have to be to be Mennonite Manitoba with this minus forty weather? 
Uh, can't can't be great. You got to have some hair uh, at that point. I found at the airport that uh, on my way back, a lot of people wanted to talk to me about how cold it was going to be where I was going. Oh, and it was like, and I was like, oh, I live there. It's uh, I don't care. That's, I, that's that's prime. That's prime airport talk right there. That is prime airport talk. You're right. I should have just taken it. I mean, I did. I I was a good sport, but like, I don't know, man. Unless I, something I've found with Ohio that feels different from uh, my time in Chicago. Sometimes you just forget the little idiosyncrasies of where you live. Yeah. Uh, there was going to be there was a blizzard like a week or two ago, and not even a blizzard. Like like three inches went down. Like it was just a little snowstorm. And people were doomsday prepping. It was like <laughs> lines out the out the store at the grocery, like empty shelves. It was awful. And I was like, guys, I think it's only going to be one day. <laughs> they have trucks <laughs> with salt oh, and everything. I I just couldn't believe it. And I was like, I don't think this happened in Chicago. I think and it, it was worse in Chicago. There's just something about suburbanites. I think they watch the local news. They get all riled up because Jim Ganahl or whatever tells them it's going to be real bad, and and they and they just overreact a little bit. If you were doomsday prepping for the Cavs and you could only grab three players, which would it be? Um, I think I'd want the best hangs. So from that perspective, um, I I think you'd want Fry. Nance and 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 love those feel like really good hangs, and like now, they're not gonna what, what do. If you're, what if you're only able to protect them? Let's let's talk about basketball. Let's say you could go into next year and you can only pick three guys. Who would they be? Um, I would um marry Kevin Love. <laughs> I would kill. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't know. Obviously, it'd be Love, uh, Sexton, and Jetty. Okay. Um, well, I, I am glad. Love, love, I I mean, there's there's uh, been since talk. That, that there's been talk. There's that, nonsense, uh, nonsense ad lib out of you. <laughs> well, you keep cutting me off. I was going to say there's been talk. Folks that would say, yeah, I'd take a second round pick for Kevin Love. I, I don't need anything more than that. Just get off his contract. So I was wondering. Yeah, these people are, are, are stupid. No, um, it's, it's nonsense. Like, like the contract, whether you liked it at the time, the contract now exists. So it value, it, it renders his value very unstable and very uneven uh, to the point where a trade is just not feasible. Uh, it's not like it's so harmful to the. He's not bad. He's not John Wall, where he's just actively hurt it, keeping his team from reaching its goals. Uh, in in the moment, you know. So he's he's going to help the team. He's going to make it easier on Sexton. He's going to help kind of establish some degree of continuity and culture once he's actually on the court. Um, but he's not so good that he's going to like raise your floor. Um, so you don't really need to trade him because he's artificially winning you too many games. Um, but then no one else wants him because he makes too much. So, like, I just – I don't understand why we're writing columns about about Kevin Love and why we're, like, even talking. It just feels like a non-issue. Yeah. Like I, a I non-discussion. Mean, it, it, it's funny to see that the conversation is, 
Well, Kevin Love's worth absolutely nothing. You can't get anything for him, but the Cavs have to trade him. Like it's just, it's a it's a weird kind of thing. Like I I still think going into next season at this point, if his values bottom out, let's say hypothetically that's true. If you go into next season and let's say you do draft a wing player, um, and you're going into that year with Jetty, Sexton, Love, Tristan, like that's going to if they, the pieces fit together and you're still not very good, let's say you're on a 38-win piece, but the pieces at least fit together. He loves putting up good numbers. Tristan's playing in a role that makes sense for him. That's going to at least tr- raise their trade value if you do, in fact, want to move them. Or maybe it, it helps Sexton play a little bit better, learn the game at a pace that makes a little more sense for him and manage his responsibilities. I think it's going to make him look better. Um, but I mean, at the very least, if love's value has already bottomed out, then you can kind of, if it doesn't work out, if the pieces don't fit or you have more issues next season, you can trade them for nothing instead of just doing it now. Like, I, I just don't see the, the harm in holding on to him. Like the only reason you would trade Kevin love right now, right now, or even in the near future is if what he's doing on if his presence is actively harming the Cavaliers because you can only trade him for you know neutral value right now you're not getting a first out of anybody I mean, and maybe we're wrong you know i don't think anyone expected uh the the clippers to get the haul they got for Blake Griffin but Blake Griffin's younger and plays in a style that kind of makes a little bit more sense to the modern NBA, even though he's not much of a shooter or, you know, wasn't one. He's really improved that part of his game. Like, Love kind of feels a bit like a dinosaur stylistically from the perspective of, you know, he's not super mobile, uh, can't really switch at a high level unless it's uh, game seven of the 2016 NBA Finals. Um, You know, really more of a catch-and-shoot guy, not a guy who's going to get a ton of threes off the dribble. Uh, he just doesn't really like. He's not what teams are looking for when they're thinking of someone who's going to put them over the top. So, I just it just can't can't he just stay and be on the team and like it's fun, it's nice. Like, I yeah, like this, I, I want to snort up some nostalgia next season. Like, like just re, like I just this is like where, um, and you know I I like being a forward thinking person as much as anyone, but like this is where this reducing everyone to being an asset uh, line of thinking loses me. It's like, yeah, like I guess in a complete vacuum, Kevin Love's value is low. So if they traded him, his value is low and his salary is high. So like the opportunity cost of keeping him in a vacuum is, is, you know, could, could be kind of problematic, but it's like it's Cleveland. The team is terrible. Um, mm-hmm. Like, just just chill. Just, he, he won a <laughs> title there. Can we just chill? Do we have to do this? Like, yeah, do we have to I, do this I every year? I don't I, don't I, I genuinely think the only reason, like, you know, I hate when people accuse the media of doing this because it's normally exhausting. But, like, is the only reason we're doing this because we're bored? I, I think. And, like, think and, like, we think we're supposed to discuss it. Yeah, I I think it's like okay, well we have to talk about the Cavs, so that's the the interesting part. That, well, we don't. We do. Well, no, 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 I I know. I'm 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 saying trying to get into their mindset here on this one. Sure. Yeah, I I just think that from an outsider's perspective, that's kind of the only real interesting angle, and and I mean, there's I think there's still some interest on what Kevin Love can be 
um, in a more featured role. I mean, we're so many years removed from Minnesota love, but um, I'm like, I, I just want to see it. I, I don't want to give up absolutely every single reminder that we have of the championship team right now. Like I, I'm okay going into next season with whoever we draft. Let's say it's uh, RJ or Morant or, or Zion or Reddish, like, or, or little, I, I, I want them playing alongside love and, and Jetty and Sexton. And let's, I, let's again, like it it's, there. it's not just sentimental though. You know, it's like these guys are like he, his existence will help so much. Um, so much of the struggles of the Cavs this year have kind of been sourced back to the fact that love hasn't been able to play. You know, right. let's just give it. Let's give it a little time. See how see how Sexton looks when he gets to run pick and pop with someone as dynamic as Love. Um, mm-hmm. You know, see see how these guys who are forced one tier too high in terms of offensive responsibility look when they get to shift down one. Uh, there's just so many reasons to not be in a hurry to move Love. Uh, Remember how good Jetty was playing off of Love, like just cutting yeah. and and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just you know I. I think people think we're, we, I think an outsider might think we're being like obstinate about this, but like, you know, if you threw out a trade that we thought was good, would make the Cavs better, I think we'd take it. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, and that's a long term better, not just, a, you know, in the, in the immediate short term future. But those trades just don't seem very likely. And it, it just, there's not that much upside to trading him. And, he adds a lot of value to this team, and I just don't see why we're treating him like he's a negative asset. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm with you there. And I do think that there's value to be had from his presence on this team. And I, I it's just frustrating. It, I, I get it. I, I understand I'm open to being wrong, but I, I also, I like being stubborn. I, I want to at least see, uh, let's, let, let's see where it's going next season, and then you can evaluate from there. Yeah, isn't he coming back relatively soon? It seems like he's, we're getting close. Yeah, I think him and Tristan are going to come back uh, around the same time just after the deadline. So, um, th- I mean, that that would be borderline kind of entertaining, and I'm curious to see what pieces we get back. Like, um, if Tim Hardaway Jr., let's say that that's the move where uh, we trade our expiring deals for uh, Hardaway and they give us a pick and and it's Sexton, Hardaway, Jetty, Love, and Tristan. Like I, I could see that being like borderline somewhat entertaining basketball on some nights. Boy, would I like that. I mean, uh we'll have to have our co- our coaching staff uh wallow pick picked up out of their sorrows for it, but you know <laughs> that was that was horrible, man. Yeah. That was you're that, you're obviously for those that uh, aren't familiar larry drew is saying that he doesn't want to be a head coach ever again after this year is that what you're referring to jesus at least wake up on the sidelines first dude like i i don't know man like and i we talked about this on the carmen pod like i don't even care about about his reaction really just other than like i'm not here to throw a pity party for you um but what i again this is why you don't fire your coach six games into the year because everyone becomes a lame duck. And anyone who's worked anywhere knows that anyone with like their notice in becomes a dog shit employee. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, no, and the Cavs sure. coaching staff has been unnoticed for the whole season. So there's no bad – they really can't earn their way into a better job with the team. Uh, the talent sucks, so everyone will excuse it. And meanwhile, the Cavs are wasting a whole year. It's, it's, a, it's a bummer. Um, yeah. I did, they're I did not find growing or building towards anything. I did find it interesting that all the, the names that Lloyd had – it was really nice to have Lloyd uh, covering the team for a week or two here. But uh, it, it was interesting that the names that were listed there were all kind of first-time assistants. And um, one yeah. of the names that I had forgot to mention on uh, the pod with uh, Chris Manning is Jerry Stackhouse, who I think is pretty high on my list of guys that I'd love to see just because Stack's borderline insane. And, he is insane. Uh, He's the. It would, it would be pretty fun to have. I mean, that would be the absolute polar opposite of like Larry Drew in a coma on the bench. Is Jerry Stackhouse like pacing up and down the floor with his mouth foaming? Like that. That would be fun to me. Having a guy who can diagram a good defense would be nice, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and he's also in, like, good enough shape to actually D up in practice. Yeah. Beat that ass, Jerry. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I tend to go more on prospective coaching hires, which is we don't really know anything on this stuff. Like, it's just impossible. But, you know, you just want a guy with some player development history, which Stack definitely has. You want a guy with, a, with an identity. Stack has that. Um and ideally, you have a little synergy with your front office. Yeah. No, that, that would definitely be nice. So I think, uh, I think we can all agree that uh, I don't think Larry Drew is it, fam. No. Well, <laughs> well, poor, poor guy. I'll tell you what, man. Yeah. We're um, working on a sympathy card here for him at the chase down. Yeah, if him uh, and uh, said, Mike Longabardi need a ride to the airport, I'll, I'll fly down and drive him. Yeah, as, as I said, uh, um in a different conversation uh we get paid a lot less to to have to watch this stupid team and no one's sorry for us larry i mean when do you watch (laughs) mean we should wrap up the podcast i'm falling asleep yes we will wrap up on that um i think exhausted carter is i don't know where it relates to how much i love really bummed out carter because really depressed carter is pretty funny on the podcast it's not it, that different no really. it really is. <laughs> it's pretty low energy either way but uh it cracked me up it cracked me up you you get bossy though when you're tired like you're you're yeah, just like yeah. talking over me you're like no 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 i'm getting out the words while i'm still awake my uh my best friend uh uh cam uh he always used to refer to me as a as a sim like when my need bars got too empty, I'd just like stand and like just point at my mouth like ah <laughs> and that's it's a visual been a long I'll week. Never, that's I, a visual I, I, I'll never get over. So I'm uh, thank you for that. Yeah, well we we probably just gave Shimbo a good Photoshop. So Yeah, how about that? All right, Carter, thank you for uh toughing this out and uh eventually remembering that we have a podcast today. Uh thank you to our listeners as Happy well. Happy to be here, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to our listeners for supporting us in in quite uh an interesting year and we've we've had our lows and uh, i think there's going to be more highs in our future watch um, pierre on wgn yeah watch pierre on wgn shout out to my Just and if you want to support the podcast make sure you subscribe leave a rate leave a rating leave a review tell your friends and family about it word of mouth is one of the best ways to support us but the best way of course is still subscribing 
And uh, if you want to be part of our Discord chat, take a screenshot of your review and email it to chasedownpod at gmail.com and we'd be more than happy to send a link to you. So, uh, for Carter and and myself, until next time, go Cavs and go get some sleep. Hell yeah, brother.